0: Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a natural lack of athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, it's only been a day since we've last talked, but it feels like uh, we've got a bunch of news that we have to talk about. Uh, how you doing, buddy? You survived hey, this tw- season?
1: Uh, yeah, that's 2020. If if anything, it's like oh, yesterday was a year ago. Uh, I would also like to point out that your intro uh, with the for the Pepsi ad about the uh, lack of natural athletic talent or, yep. or will to do so. I kind of thought you were describing the Cowboys defensive tackle situation. <laughs> oh no, but um, oh, but no, but no you, you you weren't. You were actually just doing an ad. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm surviving. I, you know, it's it's it certainly is not ideal. Uh, we certainly have a. Uh, not nearly as fun set of 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 season ahead of mm. us, but I, I think, you know, a lot of it is going to be about perspective and and realizing where we are, and and there are things that the Cowboys can get that are productive out of the rest of the season, even if they aren't competitive, and, and that includes you know kind of developing down ricer guys and sure. and hoping that you can roll something into next season to to kind of. Uh, maybe start anew or get get another shot at, at kind of redoing this. But uh, yeah, I think it's all right now. It's about perspective and, and realizing, okay, well, what's, what's the new expectation? What should we be hoping for out of the Cowboys? What are they doing moving forward? And I think, you know, we, we kind of start that by answering questions and, and looking at.
0: Tape. Yeah. And actually, that's a great uh, segue, because our first question comes from at arguing underscore Cowboys. Um, what constitutes a successful season at this point, in your opinion? Uh, is it a playoff berth? If the Cowboys are able to win the NFC East, does that count as a successful season? Is it by them just getting better on the defensive side of the ball? Is it developing talent? what do you see as, as as a successful season with 10 games left
1: man i mean that is a great question because i do think that it's and and maybe it's a better question directed at the cowboys because uh you know for me i, I you know I, I don't know like i'm going to find very uh kind of hollow uh victory in in and winning the NFC East and getting demolished in the first round of the playoffs. You know, see, it, but, I,
0: well, it's not a given they get demolished, so We've seen other teams do this before, right? You know, we saw Seattle in was it two thousand nine when they were seven and nine, made the playoffs, beat New Orleans in round one. I mean, it's not impossible that they could get to the playoffs and win a game.
1: Sure, sure. It's it's also not impossible that uh, that I came from Krypton and and uh, that the yellow sun causes me to be able to fly. Um, uh, you know that that's I guess you know with the, if you want to go on what's possible? Uh, sure, that's. I mean, listen, that seven and nine Seattle team didn't get their butts kicked by this Arizona team last Sunday last Monday. So uh, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not projecting forward, uh, rosy, uh, 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 you know, outcomes at this point. When when we've seen a, enough to uh, to to take the rose off this off off these glasses, I, I will say that I just think that, you know, as much as we may want to hold out hope and 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 I'm you know again I'm going to root for them all the way if 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 things turn around and this team starts you know making a run, that's incredible. Uh, but I, I, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, if you're asking me you know at by the end of the season? Looking back, would I be more satisfied with a uh, NFC East title and uh, a the twenty seventh draft pick in in the next year's draft, and and you know, not much else to show for it, or? you know a terrible season in which things you know kind of fell apart but you got the opportunity to play some young guys and get some experience and you got a higher draft pick i'm i i like the latter situation more but i but i but i also you know see the there is a human element to the idea of losing that many football games mm-hmm. um but the other side of that argument too is that i mean it's hard to cultivate a losing culture uh, when half the people that are supposed to be playing for your team next year are actually in the injured reserve. They're, you know, they're it, not even in the stadium balance. at the it time really it's is. happening. Uh, yeah, so I, 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 I kind of, like, if you're asking me, you know, without the pain and here's the baby, which situation would I rather have? I'd rather have the Cowboys losing all those games and getting the better draft pick uh, and maybe developing some young players along the way. But at the same time, I don't want to suffer through the labor, you know, I, 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 I like that's really the issue on the other side is that I don't want to have to deal with going week to week and, and talking about this team and, and a losing situation constantly and trying to evaluate a team that we know is not going to get any better. I mean, I, on a personal level, I don't want to go through that. But uh, if you're asking me which I think is better for the Cowboys, mm. I think, you know, getting the better draft pick and developing younger players is better long term.
0: Yeah, I think a successful season for me is just to see them improve. Um, You know, obviously, they're probably not going to win eight, nine games a season. But if they become more competitive, um, you know, they're sticking around in these games. Guys start to develop. Let's again, let's say they get to six and ten or seven and nine and we just see a much more well-rounded team that's actually staying in these games not creating the amount of you know mental mistakes and dumb turnovers i think for me considering all the injuries they've had that would be fine i also want to see some of these guys develop like i don't think it's the worst thing in the world to see what connor mcgovern can do over the next couple of weeks let's see what tyler beards can do at center um, we'll, we'll, see what, uh, some of these younger guys can do, uh, you know, Hamilton, uh, who just came in last week against Arizona. So I agree. I think, I think that's, just, that's, what's going to be a successful season, not just making the playoffs and getting trounced by Chicago in the first round or whatever. Um, let's go ahead and get to some more questions, Landon. Uh, this, this is a good one to, to start off the podcast. This one comes from Crickster, uh, What's something positive you can say about this this year's Dallas Cowboys team? Because there's a lot of negative talk, and we're going to be talking more about what's wrong with this team on this podcast, but what's something positive that we can say through the first six games?
1: You know, I, I haven't hated the offensive play calling. You know, I thought that they've been doing some interesting things considering, uh, you know, the, the, the players that they have on the field and, and considering, you know, the, the personnel – and considering again, you know, like as we we talked, you know, the 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 shortened off season and and, and preseason, uh, I, I haven't hated you know what they're trying to accomplish on offense, especially with Dak on in in uh, with Dakwitz on the team. Uh, so uh, you know, I, I I don't hate the the play calling brain trust necessarily. I think that that's something that you, they
0: can continue to work mm-hmm. on. I agree. Uh, um, I like the aggressiveness too. Right? We're seeing some yeah. good things from McCarthy yeah. in terms of like. Analytics and how to call a game and how to manage it. So I do. I agree. I agree with that.
1: Yeah, I do think that you know we saw a lot of the kind of Packers crowd. You know, look at the score and you know try to poo-poo McCarthy again. Like I was talking about yesterday on Twitter, everyone falls back into their to their punching bags when things go bad, when things go wrong. They they blame who they they think is they've always been, has always been the problem and for. Outside Packers fans looking in, they think McCarthy is the uh, the reason that all this is happening. And I would argue that, you know, there's a lot of things happening, but on the offensive side, it's been performance, not play calling. And I think you could probably argue a little bit of the opposite on the defensive side. Yeah. Well, you could argue both on the defensive side, but I would say that on the offensive side, it, it, it has definitely been more about execution uh, by the players, whoever's on the field more than, you know, bad play calling. I'm not saying the play calling has been perfect, but 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 I also think that much in the same way that the defense mm-hmm. is being pigeon-held because of the players that they have on the field and because of the lack of, you know, just installation that's happened on the defensive side, which really prevents the, the, the kind of calls you can make because your playbook is limited, I think that the offense uh has done a good job considering you know their their four-fifths of their starting offensive line is gone their starting quarterback starting tight end all gone so i I, I thought that they've done a good job with with what they've had
0: Um, let's take a quick break we'll come back and we'll answer some more twitter questions all right Landon. this one comes from steven Uh, this kind of ties into what we were just talking about what do you think about the unnamed players complaining about coaching to the media? Uh, it's not only been, you know, Mike Nolan. It's been Rod Marinelli before in the past. It's been Chris Rashard. Uh, how many defensive coordinators do they need to go through before we realize it's just the Cowboys players that don't have the talent or aren't putting in the effort? What are your thoughts on that report yesterday from Jane Slater?
1: Yeah, I have real mixed feelings on this. I mean, I certainly don't have problems or issues at all with players complaining about coaching or whatever. But I'm, I'm kind of, it's, it's sort of like... It's sort of like, and I talked about this with the offensive line before too, right? Where they got two different offensive lines c- coaches fired because yeah, they didn't like them, yeah. Because they didn't like him. and then they brought in another guy who probably wasn't any good, and 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 they had to replace him uh, because he wasn't you know any good. So I, I'm I'm kind of at the point now where I think the players should have their say for sure, but there's also a reason that you know. Players are not always the best analysts post-football, <laughs> post too. You know, they're not always the best people to make those calls specifically. Um, you know, it's I, I tend to think that there probably are several different specific position coaches that uh, have had a hard time. But are you going to name I also, them or are you just going
0: to let that float out there?
1: Are you, are you going to name them? Sure,
0: Al Harris. Go ahead. That's one. Okay.
1: <laughs> there you go. Uh, so I, I think, you know, that there's been some, some, some head butting between the defensive backs and, and Al Harris, specifically the corners and Al Harris. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also think that, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I have a, it's, it seems like a lot of blame game to me and I, and I, and I don't necessarily appreciate that. I do think there is something to keeping that thing internal. I, I think I would probably have less of a problem with it in a normal season. I think that the problem is is that, again, I empathize with these coaches because they're having to deal with an incredibly unfamiliar situation, an unfamiliar scenario. So I'm assuming everyone's dealing with this uh, as best they can. Uh, so, I, you know, again, I don't think it's world changing. I think it's more just newsy gossip more than anything else, really. Um, but I guess I, I don't love that there is, that there is already a disconnect between the players and the coaches where there can't be empathy for each other, that we're all kind of dealing with a terrible situation that has been, you know, dealt to us.
0: I, I've got a hard time agreeing with the players here. Like, I, I understand the scheme maybe is not com- completely working, but like, and I, Again, I think we have an idea. This is probably defensive players that are complaining, right? Not offensive players. Because the offense has been fine, right? Definitely,
1: definitely. Yeah, Yeah, I I mean, as far as... I I can't imagine that the offensive players have such complaints about the coaching. It's the same same scheme they've been
0: running the last two years. So, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's got to be defense. There's just so many basic things in, like, hustle stuff that makes me feel like, okay... Uh, you, you don't have the right to, to complain about a defensive coaching staff if you're not rallying to the football, if you're not executing very simple, simple stuff that's going on, like Daryl Worley getting beat on that one play. I mean, that's just like what they teach in like fifth and sixth grade football. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's it's players wanting to complain to, to deflect some of the blame. Um, I don't know. I, it it yeah, just didn't sit right with me.
1: That's what I. That's my issue. I think, and, and I think you kind of put it into better words for me. Is that I I hate it because what it is is them deflecting blame as opposed to huddling together to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And now we've seen them do this with two different coaching staffs. And let's be honest, the people that we think I mean, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Pick a cornerback, frankly, it doesn't really matter who it is. No one has enough success in this league at this point to be dictating what is good and bad coaching. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you guys complained about Chris Richard being out coached last <laughs> year, and now you're complaining about this coach being out coached last year. Maybe you're just being outplayed. Yeah, I you know, because totally the the common denominator is the players yep. here, guys. Yep. And so, uh, if, if 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 I understand that they complain, and I'm not saying that they're wrong necessarily, but I, I don't feel like they have a, a spot to be talking about it. And 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 the reason they should probably be keeping it internal is because you know it makes the players look bad it doesn't make the coaches i mean it, i'm sure it makes the coaches look bad on some levels but to me it makes the players look bad because it feels like they're being uncooperative mm-hmm. uh, that they don't they don't understand the context of what exactly is happening here and uh and and you know the the idea of like being so quick to turn around and throw uh uh your coaches under the bus like i mean that's the kind of behavior that is uh problematic down the road for team chemistry and i I, i'm it's it's you know we we can realize that there's going problems going on the defense guys this is not helping anybody by telling the media this anonymously or not
0: yeah and this is my fear about tanking i mean i know we talked about artificially tanking but like getting rid of this losing culture and hey it's not my fault it's this person's fault it's that's hard to get rid of and i mean i know the injuries factor in this and you could say hey in 2021 once you get dak back and the offensive line and things are going to be different but those underlying problems where as soon as something goes wrong i've got to blame somebody else so i don't get attacked it's just something that's hard to get to get rid of in a franchise and it can it can set you back for years and it's it's hard to it's just hard to get rid of it. So that's one of the things I'd like to see the Cowboys clean up here over the last 10, uh, 10 weeks. Again, I, I don't necessarily care about the, the overall record. Just got to get out of that mentality, man. I, that's just something that really has always bothered me when players aren't keeping things in house and taking accountability for their own actions. Um, I want to ask you this question, you know, Landon, this is from a couple of different people They want to know, why don't the Cowboys just go back to the scheme that we saw last year? Uh, they... Played that better, you know, obviously, than what we're seeing this year. But um, as I've been trying to explain on Twitter a little bit, (laughs) they don't have the personnel to play that scheme either, right? In that scheme, you needed Byron Jones to take off, you know, basically to to shut down somebody. Uh, Chidobia Awuzie was a, you know, pretty good number two corner. You don't have either of those guys for the next few weeks.
1: I, I see. I don't understand this sentiment at all. Like, this defense was terrible for – I mean, consistently terrible for, for years, and people have been complaining about it. And, and, and you know, like the, the points for game, like that's where – the difference seems to be that, that that they were better in the red zone, you know, that they could at least stop teams in the red zone a little bit, and that kind of helped their scoring defense. But it's not like this defense was ever shutting people down, you know. It's like even, even the in the previous t- season's – Like, you know, we've had some of the worst performances on defense in Cowboys history under the, the, the previous regime. So it's not like, you know, there wasn't a reason that we got rid of the previous defensive system.
0: Well, and, and that we we knew that they would only could get you so far, right? Because when you yeah. played really good quarterbacks, that scheme is just too simple, right? And too it didn't simple, create turnovers. Say.
1: Huh, too simple. It's almost like something complex would be a little bit better. And installing something complex in a shortened season when you're actually supposed to get extra time with your team and and, and not having a training camp or uh, preseason – it's it's almost like that might have an effect on your ability to install something complex. And so, and so that's my take here is that we gave this defense the, the the cover 1, cover 3, you know, one call defense a decade. We gave mm-hmm. it a decade to go out of style and it did go out of style. And and now we're trying something new and everyone is so ready after six games in a ton of circumstance and the, the most unique NFL season in NFL history. I mean, I think that we could say that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, may, maybe outside of what World War II. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think it's it's it's. I think that there should be a little bit more leeway for this type of system because, again, as much as anybody wants to argue with me. The the problem is, is that this this team hasn't finished even installing the playbook. You know? Well, and, and, and and how do you how are well, you supposed it's like it's like how complaining about the play calls when they've got 25% of the playbook in and their only answers are in that 25% of the playbook, it's like I can understand why that's problematic. I can understand why that's an issue because nobody up until, you know, a few weeks before we all decided we're playing football this season had Mm -hmm. a plan for reducing a complex uh, uh, playbook into one that could be installed in a three-week, non-realistic training camp situation.
0: I just wanted to remind people that going into the season, we knew the defense was going to be bad, right? I mean, whenever you let go of a talent like Byron Jones and you're switching schemes – we knew that they were going to struggle. They just didn't have the secondary guys. They were relying on a lot of unproven guys you know, at safety and at corner. Um, defensive tackle, as soon as Gerald McCoy went down, we knew that it was going to be a problem. But the Cowboys' belief in their philosophy of building this team was that their offense was going to be able to outscore uh, the opposing offenses despite the bad defenses. And, uh, and again... I don't think they were necessarily wrong. I think if you had everybody on this offense, as we saw early on in the season, this could be a team that was scoring 30-something a game. Again, Dak Prescott, over his last 16 starts, the offense was averaging over 32 points per game. This was an elite, an elite offense. What the Cowboys didn't figure was that the offense was going to give the the ball away so frequently, right? They're minus 12 in the turnover department right now. Yeah. We knew that the turnovers on the other side of the ball were going to be, you know, come and go. And they were going to come in bunches and there was going to be dry spells and stuff. So, again, that's not all that unsurprising. It's when the offense has been this banged up in this turnover-prone, all of a sudden it puts more stress in your defense, and a defense that we already knew was bad is doing exactly what we thought it would do. So again, none of this should be surprising to us, and it shouldn't even be surprising once we had injuries to Awuzier and Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown. Again, this defense was set up to fail, so when it's failing in the season, don't act like, oh, this is a big surprise, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the idea was that, again they look a, a transition to a new defense like this is not a one season process <laughs> you know what I'm saying like like even sure. in a even in the best case scenario, this defense was going to be you know half formed at the end of uh at the end of uh, the season right like they still probably needed at least another year to fully you know get this defense converted with personnel and with you know install and all that done. I mean the install for the playbook in a normal training camp obviously sh- would be done by now and they would be learning adjustments and learning how to make the the calls and the checks as they go you know as they experience different things and, and different snaps throughout the season. Um, and I think that the the, the, the the formula that they had come up with, just based on what we saw from Dak Prescott in the offense, I think it probably would have worked. You know, I think, I think so. I agree. I, I, I think they would have been able. Uh, you know, uh, would they have been a top ten defense if they had gotten all this done properly and installed no. the way they wanted? And they kept their plays of play? No, but they didn't need to do that. They needed to be probably near the top. No. They need to be like half. Right. They I don't to be even like, say that.
0: I think if they would have been like 22, 23, they would have been okay.
1: That maybe so, maybe so. And I think that 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 either one of those would have been achievable. If, you know, things have broken, right. Things did not break. Right. Okay. And, um, and so they have, have suffered because not only is their methodology of, of trying to score points falling apart because of the the loss of quarterback and almost the entirety of the offensive line, but the defense has also lost players. And so they are giving up more points than normal. And on top of that, because the offense is not scoring points, the one aspect of the defense that that really, really did not get fixed at all this season, or, and really didn't, they didn't do as much as maybe they should have, or at least they thought they did more than they 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 did, was the run defense. And so, any team that continues to ha- be able to play balanced football against this defense is just absolutely tearing it apart.
0: Yeah, um, I agree.
1: Because if 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 you can't if you can't force the other team into passing situations, especially on third and long. Then this defense doesn't really have much, you know. Like mm. they have pass rushers who can come after you. I think if you get into bad situ bad situations and and negative game scripts where you're having to throw the ball on third and long, they can come after you and maybe beat up your wide receivers a little bit before they can get into route to get the ball out. But that's their best shot, really. And I agree. And, and and if you're not in that spot where you have to be uh, passing from a third and down, third. And, if they can't get you into third and long then the Dallas defense is going to really
0: struggle to stop you at all. I agree. Um, let's we'll just hope, cross our fingers, that it gets better over the next 10 weeks as they continue to install and you know learn this scheme. Um, let's take a quick break so I can tell you about Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. But with Roman, they've made it simple to talk about with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's safe and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL, and if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. I also want to tell you about our good friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your first order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. All right, Landon, the final thing that I want to talk about before we head out is the Cowboys offensive line. Uh, We watched the All-22 tape yesterday. Uh, A lot of people want to know about Connor McGovern. Uh, We also learned on Tuesday that Brandon Knight had knee surgery and is going to be out for the next couple weeks. So now you are now down without no Tyron Smith, no Lyle Collins, uh, no Brandon Knight, no Mitch Hyatt. We'll see about Cameron Irving uh, give us the state of the Cowboys' offensive line heading into week seven.
1: Yeah, actually, I was going to ask if you knew anything more about Cameron Irving. We hadn't actually—sorry, this is bad radio. But no,
0: no, no. I, I, think, I think the plan is—he's sick right now, but I think the plan okay. is to potentially have him play left tackle this week if he's healthy.
1: Okay, so, yeah, I mean, I think Irving has got to be your option here. I mean, I don't like it any more than anybody <laughs> else, but, I mean, frankly— we already have dipped into the undrafted free agents who have never played football in the NFL before market. So uh, <laughs> I think Cam Irving actually looks like a life preserver at this point. <laughs> um, oh, my so, gosh. Yeah, but I mean, but that's the problem. We're, we're drowning in the middle of the ocean, so you're grabbing hold of anything that can float at this point. Um, I thought, you know, after watching the game, I thought the interior three looked, even when Connor McGovern was in there, I thought – Looked a step above the tackles. Competent
0: um, is that the I, right I, word?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I mean, and again, I, I, we need to see what happens when they f- play a little bit more ferocious defensive tackles. Yeah, it's tackle, not. It's, right?
0: not a, it's not a great interior defensive line there for. Well, Arizona. they're
1: they're gonna they're gonna get their shot this week, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, uh, so I and I look. I think um, whether it's pedigree or or I, and and honestly, I would like to know when Brandon Knight got hurt because there was a early, distinct early what. Well, i early. i would actually i would actually uh, uh, posit that he was hurt in the last game, mm. I think, and I wonder if he didn't re aggravate or do something to make it worse uh, in this game because I I felt like he was struggling uh, even more so with power than he normally had been earlier in the season last game, so I, I'm wondering if he didn't tweak something and make it worse uh, throughout the game, so. Uh, but to get to the point, back to the question, I, I think that the interior three played pretty well. I, I thought Tyler Biotish is maybe the best offensive lineman that's playing on this team right now. Oh you say not, oh not God. including Zach Martin, not what? including Zach,
0: not including Zach Martin. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, his, yeah. I guess he wasn't playing at the time. But yes, obviously, if Zach comes back, he's the one. I, I thought that him and and Connor Williams actually were were playing quite well. Uh, and then uh, McGovern, you know, it's very up and down. Uh, it's, it's, it's clear that you know his, this, these are his first few snaps in the NFL. I will say that I loved his ability on a couple different times when he lost the snap early in the snap, but was still able to dig at the, the, the defensive tackle out or push him past the beyond the pocket, was able to recover very well and not and just find a way to not get beat. Uh, I thought that was very encouraging behavior, and you'd like to see that kind of grit from a a, a guard. Uh, he looks tiny.
0: That's that was my first impression he looks like, when I saw. He,
1: I mean, again, he looks like Connor Williams. Like, like, when I he was first like is, it,
0: is that a tight end playing right yeah. guard for us right now? Yeah,
1: he does not look good, big, and 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 really, all three three of them with Williams, Biadish, and and McGovern. You know, it's, it's it's doesn't look like a very big trio, so. Uh, yeah, but I think that they, for the most part, were doing their jobs well. They seem to be sorting out everything in the middle of the field. But Biotisch seemed to, you know, there w- there were a couple of blown assignments, but I think that those weren't by those interior three. I mean, I, the one specifically that I think I'm thinking about is the one where it felt like Terrence Steele missed the inside threat and allowed a blitzer to come in instead of taking uh, the the nearest guy inside. I think it was that the gun. Buda Baker sack. Yeah, that, that's that's yeah. right, the Buda Baker sack. So yeah. I, you know I think that for the most part though you saw these guys getting to the second level you guys you saw these guys making reach blocks you saw these guys cutting people off. Uh, I, I, you know I, I just I saw a lot of positive reps from these guys uh, you know again, we're not hold, we can't hold them to the standard of Zach Martin and uh, these other guys that are you know perennial pro bowlers. but for guys who are making their first starts in the NFL and trying to figure out exactly the speed of the game and, and everything, uh, it was surprising to me that the, uh, that they weren't part really as much part of the issue. And, and if anything, I, I would argue after looking at the game that, uh, that Andy Dalton needs to do a little bit better job of trusting them and stepping up into the pocket and throw the ball.
0: I just can't believe we're at week seven and this is what we're talking about. is
1: are <laughs> of the All, second team
0: offense. The, yeah, I mean, it really is. This is the, the offense that we'd see like week two of the preseason, right? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I think that's a good way to end the pod unless you want to talk about how quickly we can release Ezekiel Elliott and Jalen Smith.
1: I'm good on that. Thanks.
0: <laughs> I had a feeling. There was like 10 people that asked us on Twitter. Uh, about that, and I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Landon wants to get into all that, but I, I'm wondering who promotes all that all over Twitter. I mean, I listen, my followers are smart. I don't know what else to say. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.